we've always just hit th- three shots in NBA Jam or beer pong or <laughs> your shooting balls into baskets game of choice. How far is this? We don't miss. What a koozie. What a koozie. I love how we were all together in Minneapolis besides you. And you had to troll us by taking your wife to Mary's. Oh, yeah, you guys think I'm going to be jealous? All of you together, smiling, having a good time, drinking beers. Me and Annie are at Mary's. The new <laughs> yeah. Mary's. New Mary's, yeah. New Mary's. So how was New Mary's? Uh, we definitely have listeners who probably haven't been to Mary's in a long time and only associate with old Mary's. It seemed like you were uh, impressed with... Uh, yeah, I think they did a good job. They carried over kind of a lot of the vibe, you know, well lit and not like dark and gloomy and kind of like too pretentious in ways it was like the bar was as lit as the rest of the club i guess is the, okay. the, a way to put it right and the bartenders are still like the same ladies and uh still it's still woman owned they bought they brought the murals the old painted curved murals they brought those over that's clutch yes you need to keep that for ambiance can you still order apple teenies for seattle sounders fans I'm sure you could. Sure. But they have their own kitchen now. That's the other thing. They have their own kitchen now. So they're not using Santeria Taqueria for all their food needs. Is Santeria still open? I don't know, man. Most of downtown Portland is. You saw. It's not. I I saw. Mm -hmm. That makes me sad. Um, Yeah. Anyway, downtown Minneapolis, contrary to popular belief, is very open. And Benny and Super Secret Iskinder had a great time (laughs) with me this weekend. Uh, Almost too much so. Benny is taking a rain check on recording tonight. He does not have COVID. He just feels like shit. He did all the same things I did. I had an air mattress for him that's bigger than my actual bed. I didn't realize how big it was (laughs) until I started blowing it up. And it, like, started pushing my bed out of the room. So, uh, yeah, you might have noticed I have lost my voice a bit. I don't know how. I think just because we were yelling uh, enthusiastic sweet nothings at each other all weekend, as we we are wont to do uh, in our group of friends when we hang out. It's kind of a... Uh, it's, our th- it's our thing. It's kind of a contest of like who can be the loudest, which is why we're you, on a podcast. Which is why you were lucky I wasn't there. Yeah, we'd. Um, I, I still be, wish have you no voice. Came. Yeah, yeah, and you probably still would. And Benny would, and Benny would still be taking the the night off from recording because <laughs> he just does that every three episodes now. Uh, whatever, uh, whatever. Props to Benny. It was great to fucking see that guy, and I uh, didn't even mind that he he went to the airport hotel uh, a night early to make sure he to make sure he wouldn't miss his six a.m. flight. And like, I mean, that's like, smart of him. Like, that is I smart have, for him. I have to get rest, and yeah, I, I respect it. But also, we're all going to be in Portland together in about six weeks for the Montana State game. That's right. Yes, which is creeping up. We've got football season content planned. Um, I've got some irons in the fire. Uh, on shit today that I, I'm excited Ooh. to bring to the Beaver fam. Yeah, can't can't announce everything yet. We've we've got hot fire coming on this episode though. That's for sure. Yeah, hot fire for sure. 
You right. know it. You know it. That's all. That's all we bring lately. We yeah. say we're getting spicy. We are getting spicy. Yeah. It's a belligerent beef, spicy summer of love. <laughs> and we've got we've got at least, we have six more weeks of summer, and we're <laughs> we're coming in hot for all six. I can't believe it's all. Well, look at that. Did you just spoil the beer? I can't believe uh, <laughs> that we're already approaching fall. Fall, fall in fall. general, fall sports. All, yeah. all of the, uh, I think all of the fall sports have released their fall schedule now on osubeavers.com. Nice. I was looking at that today. Good. You can uh, find men's soccer, women's soccer, cross country, volleyball, football's obviously been up for a while, but uh, they're all they're all there. They're all there. So everyone, get get to osubeavers.com. Um, I had the uh, men's soccer and women's soccer schedule like next to each other, trying to see like weekends we could potentially hit both. Um, there, there's there's some possibilities. It's gonna be it's gonna be we'll have a lot of balls in the air, uh, soccer balls and and, other, and and basketballs. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the regular season ends a little bit before Thanksgiving week, when we will all be there. I'll I'll be there for like nine days. <laughs> <laughs> And in those nine days, we already have like eleven sporting events we're we're committing to. We already got our tickets to the PK three hundred eighty five, and we are fucking excited about it. Um, and also exhausted just looking at the schedule that right. we've committed ourselves to. Uh, it it will it will be all in fun, but uh, the proper preparation for that. Should I not drink a full week before that, or should I get shit faced every every night? <laughs> a week leading up to it to to up the tolerance because this is this is a young man's game we're trying to pull off here. Uh, if you haven't looked at the brackets and the schedule, here is what Thanksgiving week looks like, Beaver Fam. Thanksgiving Day noon, men's basketball versus Duke. Yep, in the Rose Quarter. It's either at the Coliseum or at Moda. The day after. Uh, Thanksgiving men's basketball versus Xavier at versus Xavier or Florida, either at noon or two thirty. I believe that one's for sure at Moda. Yes. Followed by women's basketball against Iowa at the Child Center, five miles away. Uh, so we'll be. <laughs> I'm. It's and not good like, miles. It's like North miles. Those aren't easy to get to when you're going. You're going to UP. Oh it's, yeah, it's and there'll not be easy. there'll be a lot of traffic around just around that area. I'm guessing. Yes. Saturday, Oregon State versus Oregon football at Reeser. The there pairs of the Pacific Northwest. The pairs of the Pacific Northwest on the beautiful campus of Oregon State University, the Harvard of the Pac. 10, 12, 8, 14, whatever the number is. Could be 11. One institution's Harvard. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have more on that in the future. Maybe not tonight. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about realignment tonight. It's, no, it's, it's, no. It's getting, it's getting too much. Um, and then Sunday, I think both or, men's basketball and women's basketball are guaranteed to have a game. Women's basketball for sure is. Uh, yes. And I think men's basketball will also Will have, too. Yeah. Will, yeah. So they're guaranteed to play. We have no idea who they'll be playing, uh, but somewhere in the city of Portland. And then uh, Monday, uh, naps. <laughs> We're gonna need to start hydrating for this week now because it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be. Uh, I mean, we we put ourselves through the ringer in February. We went to the uh, men's and women's hoops games at the gym meet, and pretty much. 
every yeah, stop this is in like Corvallis. six more things yeah exactly <laughs> and two separate cities and two cities <laughs> and a holiday four stadiums yeah every, beaver fam everyone is invited to thanksgiving at jp's house so if you have, <laughs> he has room to feed like 50 people so just come, come on, on over. come on through come on through we'll, we'll actually be hosting it at mary's so <laughs> <laughs> best thanksgiving ever <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we mentioned there's no Benny here tonight, uh, but welcome, you, Beaver fam. You are here at the 57th episode of the Belligerent Beast podcast. We're recording this on Monday night, August 1st, year of our Beaver 2022. And there is a lot to get to, and we've got some exciting shit on the home front to talk about. That's right. Um, but we missed you uh, in Minneapolis, uh, like I said, this weekend, JP. I got to hang out with Benny uh, Scoops, Benny with the Good Quaff, and Super Secret uh, producer Skinder, and we had a great time. But what, what did you what did you get into this weekend in Portland, other, other than going to Mary's and reliving some uh, 2011 <laughs> dreams with your wife? <laughs> we did dinner at Han Oak, which is like uh, Korean, you know, Korean barbecue, Korean fusion. It was amazing. We, we It was hot. You know, this, we're still in the midst of that heat wave, and we sat outside. But you know, you're sitting outside at a nice table, even with the fans and everything else that's on, and trying to keep you cool. Like you have a Korean barbecue cooking right in front of you, feet away from your face. So it was warm. Uh, we had right. to you know, <laughs> had to compensate with drinking lots of like you know chilled wines, uh, which were delicious. So yeah, we went pretty we went pretty hard at dinner, and then. You know that that led to the uh, the decision of you know why we've never been in the new Marys. Let's just go downtown. New, new Marys, all nude review. All in all, I think it was um, it was a successful Saturday, and we only had one flag football game the next morning. There Not you kidding. go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'm happy to hear that. That even though it's a new location, it's uh, it's still Marys after all these years. It is. It is. JP, please play five seconds of "Still Crazy" after all these years by Paul Simon. Still crazy after all these years. <laughs> that's a that's an artist who probably hasn't been featured in a five. No, seconds. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I wouldn't. I don't think so. Well, Welcome call. to the pod, Paul Simon. I also went to Brewfest on Friday. You did. That's like that is some Portland ass shit. That's a very <laughs> Portland ass weekend. Yeah, how's how? I haven't been to Brewfest in years. How is it? It's just still same vibe at the waterfront. Yeah, same vibe. I mean, it was a little, it was a little different this year. And like the last few times that we had gone, of course, it's been missing or you know, out of action right. for the last two it's, years. But uh, the last two times we've gone, we've gone really early, like Thursday, yeah. at three o'clock, just to like right. beat the crowds. We bring the kid. Now we have two kids. Um, we didn't go too early, like four o'clock this time on a Friday, but I mean, it was 98 degrees out, almost pushing a hundred degrees. Um, the beers were still great. And a lot of them were, uh, premieres at the brew fest, which is oh, sweet. something I noticed wasn't always the case. The last couple that we had gone to, there was like 50, 50, and this seemed like it was like 75% were, uh, premier beers. And the only thing is I was trying to remember, like, I thought there were two tents and it was either that it was like still or three tents. Either they had a yeah. space out with like, on the, you know, capping the ends and then one in the middle. Or That's they what had, I like, remember as we yeah. said, like 2015, maybe. So now they had them all just in the middle, all three. Okay. For better or worse. I mean, it was like hotter than hell under the tents, but the, uh, the crowds were good. The lines were short and the, uh, you know, the Unipiper was playing all, 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 
all evening. All <laughs> just, the hits. Yeah, just strolling on through, rolling on through, uh, <laughs> stopping for pictures and tips. But yeah, it was fun. Total, a, a very Portland experience. Definitely. That is a very Portland experience. Yes, I'm kind of embarrassed of, of, for myself. I don't know a 98 degrees song. Otherwise, I would have made you play five seconds of a 98 degrees song in honor of the temperature. But maybe we can let that <laughs> one. I'll let I'll let you decide. Uh, yeah, it seemed. I think I saw that it was above 95 degrees in Portland like seven days in a row for the first time ever. Like it was nothing's it was, wrong. Nothing's was, wrong. Nothing's with that. wrong. Nothing's wrong with that. Just total coincidence. Uh, it was like 90 here one day. I think that was the hottest it got. And uh, me, Benny and skins walked to a brewery and I was just like, Oh shit. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't look at the uh, temperature. I should have let you guys know it was going to be hot. And they both looked at me. It was like, this feels very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't blame them. Right. I don't blame them. It was, it's been, a, it's been a rough, Actually, really, even today was pretty warm and not too bad. But I'm like, it was like 88, and I was like, wow, it's really nice Getting outside 88 back. right now. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. My, yeah. you're getting a little chilly. I might need to, you know, put your poofy vest on or something like that. <laughs> it's get, get all falled up. Get some flannels yeah. and yeah, flannels, some hot pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> put it in your, put that in your Mary's koozie and chug it. <laughs> <laughs> um all right well let's get let's get to some beers it's look like we've we both have a couple things in in front of us uh my backup beer uh is just a, a pilsner that summit brewing company put together this year called twins pilsner it's literally mm-hmm. just a tribute to the twins it has the logo on the can and people do buy it just because they're twins fans it's easy brilliant marketing someone Make an Oregon State Beavers beer with us. Somebody. Why are we – we forgot we, about that. We won't provide any assistance whatsoever, but we will talk about it on the we'll podcast. We'll taste test it. We'll and taste we'll test taste, it. We will taste test it. Don't worry about providing any spit buckets or anything like that. We're good. <laughs> um, but that's not well, my main beer. So let's, uh, let's go to you first. Why don't, let's talk about both of your beers because we don't have Benny here to talk about whatever – edible and coffee drink he's mm. enjoying so, so we've got some extra time to kill th- this beer wouldn't you know it is a starburst starburst in in the mary's koozie in the mary's well. koozie the double double dose of old reliables there exactly and i just wanted to keep this off to the side you know no no uh ring marks on the table right. no warming up of the beer this is my this is mine tonight and it is name dropper and it is Ooh, we're gonna do some of that tonight exactly that's why i picked it out <laughs> there you so, go drum roll it's a double ipa from new no anthem shit. new anthem beer project in, uh based in north carolina i think i've had them on the pod before long time ago but uh they make some pretty some pretty interesting Beers. I just like that they're not a brewery. I mean, they're a microbrewery, but they call themselves a beer project. So uh, this is very good. It's a pretty hefty double, 8.1%, but um, it's got a good smooth hoppiness to it and not that like, not too um, imperially or bittery. So big nice. fan. Yeah. Big fan. And uh, your untapped score for it 4.2. Ooh, that's high for you. Yeah. Not my norm. And the name of this beer project, one more time, for our listeners. New Anthem. New Anthem in North Carolina. Yes. Wilmington. Name dropper. Wilmington. I've heard great things about Wilmington. 
That's, wow. I, w- I want to do like a southeast road trip where I just sort of hit these random – I mean, everywhere in the world's random. No disrespect. And we actually – we have a good number of listeners in North Carolina. It is, our, it is our most listened to state. I think it's number five currently. Or it might be tied with Hawaii, actually. And you know I'm down to go to Hawaii. What up, Marfin? Uh, aloha. <laughs> Much mahalo, my friend. Um, but yeah, we've got just a lot of people listening in North Carolina. I think North, North, I've driven through North Carolina a time or two and only really spent time in Charlotte. So I would love to see the rest of the state. And we can go to New Anthem Brewery when, when we do it. I've only been to Charlotte as a layover, but the airport was pretty chill. I had a pretty good yeah. beer there. I should probably figure out which beer that was, but it was good. Nice. Someday yeah. I'll find it and we'll announce it. Yeah. It's a good airport. Yeah. yeah, let's play or let's play some North Carolina schools and uh, non-conference. I, I, I think most of our non-conference games for the next decade are pretty much set in stone. But uh, yep. JP played but, five seconds of Raise Up by Petey Pablo. <laughs> it has to happen every time we talk about North Carolina. And if we keep getting more listeners in North Carolina, it's, gonna, it's that's just going to be the new theme song is Petey Pablo. Come on the pod, Petey. Yeah. If we got Petey Pablo on the podcast, that's just the last episode. There's no, there's, <laughs> there's nothing to improve on from that. Uh, well, I mentioned uh, the aforementioned Summit Twins Pilsner, whatever. Uh, the Twins were tied 2-2 two to two in the bottom of the ninth before we started recording um, JP you can probably look up the score while I'm while I'm talking and then give me good news or bad news or no news uh, I am drinking a beer that I have for sure had on the pod before but there's a reason for it and we'll get to that reason later but it is one of my favorites it is fashion mullet from Lupulin mm. Brewing Company in Big Lake Minnesota you see the can here JP it's that um, sort of Johnny Bravo Duke Nukem looking dude with the shades, the flowing blonde mullet. Um, and it is just a, a delicious, delicious IPA. Uh, one of my favorites. And uh, But really, it's the naming convention, uh, fashion mullet. That is why I chose it today, because it's appropriate. And it's not appropriate because we're getting mullets. And we will talk more about the other part of that soon. But first off, we have enough hair for mullets. No, but you can have like a short haired, like if you just cut everything but the back. A skullet. I guess that's a skullet. Benny might. Benny you know, can do he, it. But Benny's pack. Benny's packing in the quaff. I don't know if he has enough in the in the back. Um, if Oregon State wins the national championship this year, I'll grow a mullet. Hey, uh, Twins just won in the bottom of the 10th, 5-3. Woo! Caleb Hamilton. Trevor Larnack. He's not playing right now. <laughs> um, well, anyway, uh, let's raise uh, a can, a glass, a drink, a beer, and a beaver fam wherever you are. Uh, if, if you're driving, don't drink an alcoholic beverage, uh, but you can <laughs> feel free to pull over, raise whatever you're doing, and join us in this toast. We lost uh, probably the most legendary titan in uh in all of sports history, uh, arguably, uh, the other night, Bill Russell passed away at the age of 88. Um, and we're, we, neither of us are Celtics fans, but just uh, the type of person who 
was really a legend on the court and 10 times a legend uh, off the court and just did so much for people and remained just uh, such an incredible spirit and human being uh, throughout the ages. And for him to be that iconic through so many generations is uh, really rare. So we kind of did this. Uh, it's a, sort of a tradition in our group of friends to cheers beers to fallen legends. I think it started one night we were out in Portland and we found out John Wooden died. Uh, and a skinder looked at everyone and said, every cheers tonight is to John fucking Wooden. So cheers. So Bill Russell. Cheers. Mr. One Russell. Of the, one of the goats. Legend. 11 rings, 10 things. Fingers. <laughs> 11 rings. <laughs> there's in things. And I was like, that sounded dirty. Things. No, but there's, a, there. I have, I have a note here. There is a really good tie for Bill back to Oregon State. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what it is? I have an idea. You you say yours first. So there's a there's a good old photo that I saw somebody uh, tweet about this this uh, weekend of Bill Russell uh, with old Oregon State star Wade Swede Hallbrook and the okay. picture the picture I have here is uh, appears to be taken in. Uh, probably the same holding cell of Bernice Beaver deep in the, the bowels of Gill um, by the looks of the... God, what the, don't they have down there? <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's like both of them kind of palming the ball way up in the sky. They were probably you know two of the, the taller players in college basketball at the time. Um, but the, the tieback isn't just that there's a photo, obviously, of Russell and, and Hallbrook. But like uh, Swede, as he was called, was also a very interesting story, and it, it intertwines quite a bit with Bill Russell. So, just a little backstory about about Hallbrook. So, you it was seven foot three when he made his debut for the Beavs. Uh, at the time, he was the tallest player in the history of Oregon State basketball, as you could imagine. It was nineteen fifty three. Before that, he had started. Lincoln High School here in Portland, where my wife and most of her family went, of course, is they are... Shout out the Grassley fam. Go yeah, Lincoln. they're fifth, sixth generationers uh, down through the Holy Hart shit. family as well. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he played there in the 40s, late 40s, whatever. He chose to go to then OSC, play basketball, of course, under legendary Slats Gill. And he... Uh, he actually only played two seasons for the Beavs. And I was trying to figure it out. Of course, then I remembered that at the time, freshmen couldn't play varsity. So they played or they, right. they practiced, but they couldn't actually play in the real competition. So when really it all came to a head was the 54-55 season. And uh, he was leading then-ranked eighth Oregon State College, who had just won the Pacific Coast Conference Championship had a fifteen to one record. Uh, they, yeah, he led, yeah, he led them into you know the NCAA basketball tournament, as it was just known at the time. There were four regions: uh, one east, two east; one west, two west. Just more Midwestern erasure. Not yeah, sick of it. <laughs> yeah, flyover country. They they played west. One regional at the Cow Palace in South San Francisco slash San Francisco. They played the West Two regional at Gill Coliseum. So 
There we have, coming to the finals of the West Two Regionals, the Beavs and Hallbrook met none other than Bill Russell and his and the Dons. USF Dons. Uh, the game was back and forth. Uh, unfortunately, the Beavs lost that finals by a score of 57 to 56. Now, get this. The winner of that game went to the Final Four. I think it was in Kansas City. So it was like this was the game to go to the Final Four. It was essentially the Elite Eight of the time. Yeah. We lost by one point to Bill Russell and the Dons. The way it happened, too, isn't just like this heartbreaking buzzer beater. It's the opposite. So with seven seconds left, Ron Robbins took a shot from like what was then known as his favorite spot on the floor. And a packed Gil Coliseum watched it clang off the rim half an inch short of what has been said to be immortality. And what I think is, shout out to the Payton years, it was the universe's beaver bias <laughs> bubbling up even back of in course. 1955. Of uh, course. Also, I mean, Russell dominated the game. He had like 29 points or 26 points. Uh, Hallbrook played decent as well, and he actually played pretty well against Russell, who was just crushing everybody, and also put up, I think, 19, 18 points of his own. Uh, but clearly was upstaged enough to uh, – not be able to pull this one out. The Dons went on to win the championship. It was the you know the beginning of the legacy of Bill Russell. There's more to this interesting story though, and this is where I just find I, I found Hallbrook to be a fascinating Beaver. Right. About the time of the end of this season, his junior year, he had become like already known to be like a bit like reserve, aloof hard to read as a person everyone thought he was like a sulking kind of guy and always like upset or angry but he never like seemed mad right he just always kind of like never had like a smile i guess so other characteristics started coming up that uh rumors were of course that he was hanging out with his buddies and drinking wine getting after it in the good old town of corvallis uh but maybe a little bit too hard (laughs) uh he was known to disappear for days at a time. <laughs> and now imagine imagine a student athlete in today's day and he time. He really is the GOAT. <laughs> disappearing in Corvallis. Uh, and he would return. This is, this is a quote. He would return, often, retur- often <laughs> return to school disheveled, confused, and unwilling to say where he had been. <laughs> oh, this is Holbrook. This is Hallbrook, yeah. Okay. So this is this is happening though, all, almost his whole career. Unwilling to say where he had been. Yeah. That is the coolest shit. <laughs> yeah. Until you know, you sit there and Slats Gills like, dude, I'm a disciplinarian. This isn't gonna work. I've been dealing with from, this for two from years. From the picture of Slats Gill on his banner hanging in Gill Coliseum, I would not fuck with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> exactly. So he gave he gave Swede. A pretty straightforward ultimatum. And this wasn't the first time he had already been struggling in class and stuff too, right? And he had been kind of worked through it and kept kind of falling back into these trends. And Slats gave him an ultimatum that said you have to stop skipping class, which I would have had a trouble, a big trouble doing, uh, and promised to conform to his rules or say goodbye to your senior season. Like he sat him down and said that point blank to him. And Swede, I don't know how long he sat on this decision, but he ultimately decided to say goodbye. And that was it for the two-time All-American. Wow. He hung him up. He hung him up. So that year he entered the draft. 
Uh, he was drafted by the Syracuse Nationals, but he actually didn't join the team off the bat. He like didn't like the NBA for some reason, and uh, maybe the NBA wasn't bigger than at the time. Anyway, they probably so. also weren't happy with him disappearing for days at a time with zero explanation. Right. So he ended yeah. up playing for some like I think <laughs> AAU basketball league uh, and a team in Wichita. Uh, played there for a few years. I don't know. Like kept kept teasing that maybe he'd go to the NBA. Finally, in 1960, he did join. The Nationals, I think the other league folded. He only played for like three years in the NBA, but he was still like a guy that was pretty feared and could do could do some damage as a seven foot three dude. But 1963, that was it. Playing days over, and many believe it was the same reasons that uh, Slatskill asked him to leave Oregon State. That he had a serious drinking problem. He moved back to Portland after this. And spent the rest of his life in odd jobs, like he was a roofer, a bartender. Imagine a seven foot three bartender at, in like the sixties. Yes, <laughs> yes. He was like so, you know, a typical like kind of day laborer and a security guard. But this is where I thought this was very interesting. Was he also once worked as a clown, and he would like coined himself like the world's tallest clown. But it's an accomplishment. Yeah, but like these are a bunch of odd jobs for a guy who had his whole career ahead of him uh, and was clearly very skilled at right. basketball. Everyone always still said, though, he was like a very nice guy. He was just like was a kind of a loner, and I think that probably led to whatever else his de- other demons he had. The story, though, I'm like digging more. I'm like, okay, well, you know, cool. Like this guy had a pretty crazy life. Like what's he up to now? Well – on Tuesday morning of April the fifth, nineteen eighty-eight, you were just a young a young chap, oh, Terry. I was two months old. <laughs> yes, I was actually thirteen months old to the day. You were thirteen. You were thirteen. That's how that's- much older you are. That's that's <laughs> the narrative I want <laughs> written about this podcast. While riding on a Portland TriMet bus, he collapsed oh, wow. and died on the bus at fifty-five. And that was the end of Sweet Holbrook, the guy who went toe to toe with Bill Russell. Devastating. One of what could have been one of the greatest Oregon State basketball stories ever flamed out in that manner. And I thought, what a fucking wild story. <laughs> that is kind of crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I like, think about that, dude. This guy could have upset Bill Russell and right. gone to the Final Four and led Oregon State. Was one, they were one shot away from having it happen. And they could have won Oregon State college basketball championship he could have gone pro right then and there had no problems in school and no problems with his coach maybe got on the straight and narrow had a successful career instead the game against bill russell and the dons kind of sent him down the wrong the wrong path thanks bill no really though (laughs) (laughs) thanks bill um i just think that's a crazy time to a legend a very a very um well respected and beloved legend like bill russell having the smallest butterfly effect on oregon state right well he that wasn't the only uh the only exploits he had in corvallis either bill orham of the oregonian shared a great bit uh today um from elgin baylor's great book hang time which i've read uh i have written about elgin baylor and his his time in minneapolis uh before he played two seasons for the minneapolis lakers before the team dipped 
Um, have I told you I'm from Minneapolis before, JP? Uh, that's uh, kind of a thing. no idea. Any, but anyway, uh, so I saw just I could see hang time on Twitter today, um, and Elgin Baylor, of course, uh, lived a long, full life, but he unfortunately passed away uh, last year as well. But Corvallis, Oregon, served as the place where Elgin Baylor and Bill Russell met in person yeah. for the first time, which is great. You know, we we can. I'm not interested in goat debates. I think goat debates are dumb and uh, like just totally unproductive. People have Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Kareem is in there. Steph Curry because JP is. And I I don't think Steph Curry is the, the goat, but he's very <laughs> yeah top five. What an insult! <laughs> um, but it's hard to find more influential players than Bill Russell and Elgin Baylor were. And I'm just going to start reading this passage because it's not super long. And then like my story was, we'll get, we'll get to the um, Oregon state portion of this podcast, but this is from Elgin Baylor's memoir, hang time. Uh, starting on page 78. Look at that, a real book. I'm impressed. Request it from your local library. Order it from your local independent bookstore. Uh, This is one of those times where JP and Ben make fun of me off record for all the the bookshelves behind me being a a sucker for a hard copy. And this was tweeted by Bill Ormiday, and I just pulled the book right off my shelf, be like, I have it, motherfuckers. Aren't you? (laughs) But it's March. 1956, and this is through the voice of Elgin Baylor. Our team, the Seattle Chieftains, makes the NCAA tournament despite a so-so 18-11 record. Yes, I call it our team. Even though I won't enroll in school and join the basketball team until September, the players and Coach Brightman treat me as if I'm already on the team. I play pickup games with the guys and the players and the members of the athletic department challenge me to games of horse. I don't want to brag, but I never lose. To add a little drama, I once play a game where I take all my shots from the stands. I still win. This day in March, the players, the coach, and I ride the team bus from Seattle to Corvallis, Oregon, a four-and-a-half-hour trek where we've drawn Idaho State University in the quarterfinals. I'm excited about this trip for two reasons. I really want to support the guys I consider my teammates. And I'm going to meet Bill Russell. Russell. The best player in the country will be leading his undefeated San Francisco University Dons against UCLA in the semifinals, having earned a bye in the quarterfinals because of their record. I'm going to meet Bill Russell, bond with him, and pick his brain. Then I'll watch him play and study him. One small problem. I haven't figured out how I'm going to meet him. Working on that. I also need a ticket to watch San Francisco play UCLA the next night. Don't have a ticket. I plan on asking Bill Russell if he can get me a ticket as soon as I figure out how I'm going to meet Bill Russell. We check into our hotel in Corvallis. As we stand in the lobby to get our room assignments, I'm staying with Lloyd Murphy and Francis Saunders. I see a couple of guys walk through wearing University of San Francisco warm-up jackets. Bingo. Bill Russell must be staying here in our hotel. The next day, we play our game against Idaho State. Turns out to be a tough matchup. Dozens of lead changes, a back-and-forth battle. We pull it out at the end, 68-66. Seems like the whole team exhales at once. We have survived. We stick around and watch a mediocre Utah team win their quarterfinal game. Tomorrow, after San Francisco takes on UCLA, we'll play Utah. We should beat them no problem, and San Francisco will definitely beat UCLA. We could play San Francisco. We could play Bill Russell. Now I have to meet him. 
That night, I pace around the hotel room. I need a plan. I can't think of anything. I feel nervous. I need backup. I ask Lloyd and Francis to go with me. Go where, Francis says. To meet Bill Russell, I say. How, Francis says. I don't know. Let's go to the front desk. In the lobby, with Lloyd and Francis standing behind me, I sidestep a bellman pushing a luggage cart and stride up to the front desk. I flash a confident smile. May I help you? The front desk clerk says, matching my smile. Yes, sir. I'm supposed to meet Bill Russell in his room. Unfortunately, I forgot his room number. The desk clerk's smile disappears. I can't give out that information. Just then, the bellman approaches. Wait, are you Rabbit? Elgin Baylor's nickname was Rabbit. I turn to him. Yeah. I knew it, the bellman says. Rabbit, the desk clerk says. This is Elgin Baylor. He and Bill Russell are the two best players in the country. The bellman fumbles in his shirt pocket and produces a crumpled luggage tag. Would you sign this? (laughs) Sure, I say, grinning at Lloyd and Francis, who look like they're in shock. The front desk clerk offers me a pen. I scribble my name on the bellman's luggage tag. There you go. Thank you, he says. I read all the magazines. You scored 53 points in your last game at College of Idaho. That's right, I say. 718, the front desk clerk says. I look at him. Was that what I scored for the season? No, he says, his smile returning. That's Bill Russell's room number. Standing in the hallway outside Russell's door, flanked by Lloyd and Francis, I clear my throat, hesitate, and knock twice. Who is it? Comes the voice of Bill Russell. It's Elgin Baylor. Rabbit? The door swings open, and there's Bill Russell, about four inches taller than me, wiry, his eyes dancing, his face lit up in an electric smile. He waves us into his room. Come in, come in, he says. Once inside his room, his hands resting on his hips, he considers me, sizes me up, and then laughs an easy, loud, high-pitched, contagious cackle that I will experience a thousand times in my lifetime. Rabbit, he repeats. Pleasure to meet you. We shake hands. And these gentlemen? I introduce Lloyd and Francis. He tells us to take a seat. I hesitate, tell him we don't want, want to impose, but that we want to see his semifinals game against UCLA, and unfortunately, we don't have tickets. I have plenty of tickets, he says. How many do you need? Well, I say looking at Lloyd and Francis and then picturing the faces of my teammates. The three of us and here. He picks up a stack from his dresser and presses a dozen tickets into my hand. This enough? Oh yeah, thank you. But are you sure you don't need these? Don't worry, I have plenty more. He offers us drinks and we each take a soda. We make small talk and after a while, Lloyd and Francis thank him again for the tickets, stand and excuse themselves, saying they need to get some sleep for tomorrow's game. I stand to go too, assuming Bill needs to get to bed as well. You don't have to go on my account, he says. Stay for a while. What about your game tomorrow? No competition, he says. I don't need that much rest. I must look stunned because he says, I'm not putting down the other team. I just don't worry about them. They have the problem. They're playing against me. He pauses, then explodes into that cackle. I tell Bill I know what he means. I never worry about who I'm playing either. I just never think about it. I've also never told anybody that this is how I feel. Not too many people would understand, he says. Bill and I talk for hours. We talk about everything. We talk about basketball, of course. We talk about college. How we both ended up at small Jesuit schools, the larger, more established universities ignoring us. We talk about our upbringing. We talk about racism. He describes growing up in a segregated town in Louisiana and the bigotry his family experienced. He tells me about the time his father stopped to get gas at a rural service station and the white attendant refused to give him gas until he took care of all the white customers. 
even though his father got there first. Furious, his father started to leave. The gas station attendant shoved a shotgun in his father's face and told him to wait until he finished serving everyone else. I'd tell him about the racism I lived with every day in D.C. I'd tell him about the time white police officers called my father boy. I don't tell how they forced him to beat Columbia. We talk, but we do more than talk. We connect as basketball players, as college students, as young men, and as young black men. I find Bill funny, quirky, intelligent, and sensitive. At one point, I glance at the alarm clock across the room on his nightstand. I can't believe the time. It's past 3 o'clock in the morning. I get to my feet feeling lightheaded and energized at the same time. I've never spoken to anyone the way I have to Bill, and I tell him so. I have a feeling we'll be having a lot more of these conversations, Bill says, grasping my hand. He's right. We will have many more conversations. (laughs) You got a game in a few hours, I say. You'd better get some sleep. Told you. Don't need much against this team. His eyes glisten. He waits, and then he bursts into his laugh. The next day, sitting at midcourt, I watch Bill Russell and his San Francisco Dons dismantle a decent UCLA team, 72-61. Cool. That happened in Corvallis! <laughs> and I think I know where. I've been doing research because I know we were talking about, like, what we don't know what hotel. Seventh floor. The seventh floor of the Benton Hotel. You think so? Yep, that's it. It's probably the only one that has seven floors. That was the top floor, the seventh floor. It was uh, built in 1925, and for about 30 years, including up through 1955 then, was essentially the social and business hub of Corvallis. Okay. It was a gem in its day, and really the downfall was that the passenger rail service stopped operating in 1940. The train station was a block away. Anyways, it's the only spot, I think, in Corvallis, that was seven stories. There's there's another there's a couple other hotels from the nineteen twenties, nineteen hundreds that uh, would have been probably the only hotel still in town, and they're only like three to four, maybe five stories tall. This so. this could be a coffee table book, uh, iconic basketball stories in Corvallis hotels because the nineteen eighty three win in advance. NC State Wolfback team and Jim Valvano, I believe, stayed at that Roadway Inn or whatever hotel was occupying the space at that time. On the and, waterfront? Yeah, and Jim uh, yeah. Valvano's room had a giant mirror on the ceiling above the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, about right. Just a lot of yeah, a lot a lot of things have happened. And you know, just we got we gotta find we gotta find that spot exactly next time we're in Corvallis because what's interesting though is these stories have not really been told because like when you're in school in Corvallis or you live in Corvallis or you grew up in Corvallis, you maybe heard some of these old stories being passed along, but most of what you're devoting your attention to and your memories to are Oregon state memories or Oregon state narratives. And like, that makes a lot of sense, but it's, there are a lot of legends who have, whether Oregon state or not, who have passed through our beautiful town and there are really cool stories that should be commemorated and remembered. And I think that's For great sure. that you read that excerpt. And it's great that uh, it was acknowledged as well by the Oregonian. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of really cool stories, I'm ready to move on. Are you ready to move on? Yes. Rest yes. in peace, Bill. Rest in peace, Bill Russell. And rest in peace, Thank Swede. Thank you. And rest in peace, Swede. Uh, and rest in peace, Elgin Baylor. All, all yeah. the legends, thank you for all of the contributions you have made. 
uh, to to our games and our communities and our world and just human beings everywhere. We have some very, very exciting news. Uh, I'm about to do an ad read. It's a new ad read, and I feel like I should get some music behind this ad read. So if that's something you can do, JP, put put some ad read music behind me. Y'all, it is finally here. I am so proud to announce that this episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel. Ah! <laughs> Homefield. Do you know about Homefield? If you don't know about Homefield, sit down. Let me holler at you a little bit and tell you what you need to know about Homefield. Homefield is the premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis, making incredibly comfortable and incredibly dope, officially licensed drip with official vintage college designs. Why am I talking about them right now? because they are launching the brand new Oregon State Collection this Saturday. This Saturday, August 6th. Oh my God, y'all, I have been jealous of all my friends who went to other schools who already have a home field collection because everything they make is so dope and so comfortable. I have friends who went to Marquette who have dope shit. Washington has dope shit. Washington State has dope shit. My really smart friend, uh, Eric, who lived across the street from me growing up is a genius, so he went to Northwestern. Northwestern has dope drip from home field. But now that jealousy is extinguished because it is finally our time, Beaver fam. This Saturday, 9 a.m. Pacific time marks week 12 of Home Field's big new Saturday series. A 14-week tour de force of new brand launches and Oregon State is up next. It's all about us. Fam, we've gotten a sneak peek and we can tell you this collection is fuego. It consists of 14 pieces, including t-shirts, crewnecks, and hoodies that practically sing the great history of Oregon State University. You know it as the Harvard of the pack 10, 12, 8, 14, 26, whatever number. It's Harvard and in Corvallis, Oregon, the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. And the best part, Beaver fam, is all new purchases get 15% off with promo code BELLIGERENTBEAVES at checkout. I don't know if it's case sensitive, but spell it in all caps anyway, because we're (laughs) yelling, because we're belligerent, because that's this podcast, and that's our vibe! BELLIGERENTBEAVES at checkout this Saturday and beyond. If you want to add uh, gifts for your friends who and family members who went to different schools, the BELLIGERENTBEAVES discount code will apply to that too. Thank you to our friends at Homefield for reaching out to us and for producing this incredibly sick collection. I can't wait to get my hands on the shirts that are headed our way right now. Yeah. And I'm just excited. There's going to be re- teasers and stuff released every day. The shirt of the week will be released on Friday. And yeah, we got our own Homefield line. We made it. This is sick. And what's even more sick, I have to say... Is just the it isn't just vintage Benny. Right. What we've seen the sneak peek is bigger than that. It is it, it they really do a great job of finding unique stories, right. logos. And back in the day, like there was no unification of brand and no. it, what what you relate to as a fan isn't something the university probably even meant to put out a lot of the time because 
there was just like the wild west of branding back in the day. And what's really cool is that Homefield goes through like the archives of schools and pulls out some of those really cool storylines and the ways that the school positioned its brand for that moment and just replicates them with incredible quality. And so we love our vintage Benny. We love the old school Benny. Right. All of us. I think it's, I, I would be hard pressed to find a Beaver fan that doesn't like that. If you like old school Benny, you will love Homefield's line. Right. And it's it. more than just old school Benny. Too. That's what I mean. Yeah. We, we, we can't. I, we can't. We got to admit something. We, we've, we've seen a couple looks. Yes. <laughs> we've gotten a sneak peek. And holy shit, I just was like, I, I was at work like on, I think uh, last Thursday or, or Wednesday or whatever. And I was just like, whoa, oh shit, dope. And like people are just like, Terry, what's going what's going on in your office right now? I was just like, I, I, I can't even, ex- how do I explain this 1940 Oregon State storyline to, 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 to you? Um, that was a you know random year I pulled out of, out of nowhere. It has no bearing on anything. Home field <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very excited about all of this. Uh, and I know we got it by courtesy of Homefield. We're getting lucky and hooked up with a couple things. I'm probably just gonna buy the rest of the collection. Yeah, me and too. This is uh, we sell our own merch too, and this is us telling you to buy merch elsewhere. I know we do that with Seam Headed already as well, but we didn't start this podcast and start making our own shit just to be the only ones doing it. We want cooler stuff to exist and we want the Beaver fam to have an incredible selection and have your pick of the litter for the drip for you. And this is going to make that a whole lot easier. And a lot of people will be happy with this. And I'm so excited about that. And Oregon still doesn't have a collection on home field yet. And I guarantee you it's probably one of the next two schools. They haven't told us that information yet. But even if it is, <laughs> we got it first. Yeah, first! We did it. We win. This means we're winning at every sport this year. We're winning national championships. We're, this is just the first step of an incredible 2022-2023 academic year in sports for the Harvard of the Pac-12 and the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. Talking about Oregon State, y'all. Mm. Let's go. Should we talk Make about no how mistake. dope our football team is, JP? Yes. Because there's a lot of good news to talk about. Oh, there's there's almost and my too favorite much. thing, because people are going to ask about this, but my favorite thing, Pac-12 New Year Days just happened, right? And yes. And at yeah. the top of the show, we don't really want to talk about realignment. Whatever. But you're a media guy. Of course, everyone was, at, everyone was asked about it, and Jonathan Smith basically just did, eh. Yeah, yeah. Shrug emoji. Yeah. Not our problem. It's a waste of time to worry about it. It's coming. We'll figure something out. All we can do right now is focus on winning games. And that's what I would implore Beaver fans to focus on this year. The Oregon fans in your life might be trolling you being like, oh, like, have you gotten your Mountain West season tickets ready for 2024? Fuck them. Fuck that. 2022 is what matters. And I think we've got a squad. I think we've got a squad. I'm normally the asshole telling people to pump their brakes on this show. We started talking about this in the Discord a little bit. I'm The more and more I'm looking at the roster, the more and more I see recruits come and wanting to be a part of this team. And as they should. As they should. Absolutely. I'm not worried about this at all. I thought that the media day was handled as if it was business as usual, which did not delve in too much. But like we talked about this, I don't think this changes anything for every other Pac-10, 12 program or, or school. I really don't. And I think that those are trying to deflect 
you know, whatever. But like the rest of the schools, I really don't think it changes anything. I mean, it's business as usual, and they, they showed that at media day. Besides, you know, a couple jabs here and there. Klyovkov was like taking some pretty pretty big swings at the at the Big Twelve, uh, and good, rightfully so. Good for him. But but like I still think if you want to know what business as usual is, and you want to know the progress that not just that the program is making in the short term, but the investment the school is making in the long term. Did you see Hadley Heck's video today on Beaver Athletics about the um, the the progress of Research Stadium? I did not. Oh man! So shout out Hadley Heck. She's awesome. She's great at hosting all this stuff on Beaver Athletics uh, social media and. Uh, she did make some great videos as well, and they did a very cool Home Depot-esque walkthrough of uh, of what's happening at the the new side of Reeser. They walked right down belligerent Beaver Street. They <laughs> <laughs> they they showed off, you know, the locker room, the visitor locker room. Uh, where the concessions are going to be, it really made it feel real. And then they kind of took a quick pan out. I haven't looked yet since this was released, but I wanted to look at the webcam progress because they took a quick pan out, and the progress looks so sick. So I just cannot wait. I cannot wait for the season to start to get inside research to be able to see. Like I mean, that is that is like the physical representation of the building of the dam. And it's right there. We can see it. Jonathan Smith believes it. The players believe it. It's still happening. And I mean, like, it's all it's all good things for this program right now. I really don't get the doom and gloom, the or at least the worry that we are seeing a bit in our fan base. But I think we should be looking at the positives, and we're going the right way. Right. The stadium does look fantastic, and I I, I kind of even. I, I know there there's no plans to do this, but when you, you said a couple months ago, it was like, could we get people seated in like the front row of the new side of the stadium in time? And I was like, there is no, that's dumb, dude. Why even think that? And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, it looks like that part of it. It's a small part, but still, I'm like, that part of it looks close to ready. And I know it's still sitting in a construction site, uh, so they're not doing it. But it's just, it's like cool to see. Uh, Stadiums are always it's it's a very long, grueling process. There's always a lot of politics involved and it's it's hard to really enjoy the fun part of it. But if you look at the Reeser webcam now I have it up now. There's Dude <laughs> There are like temporary like there's a temporary like media room. There's a temporary concession there's a, this is all like temporary concession stands, all of those things that are right there along the top row. They're there for a reason. They're opening that side up. I How know you, it. I can, know it. There's a te- there's temporary concessions. Well, look at this, dude. There must be. Look at like right, if you look I'll at the look webcam at, right now. Up, I'll pull up the fucking webcam. There this are is the s- part of the podcast where we look uh, stuff up. Yes, there are seven <laughs> seven windowed temporary units in the middle of the fifty yard line. That must be for media, right? It has to be for, to house the media. To the left and right of that are these other temporary-looking buildings that have more like I don't know uh, windows. I can't tell what those are. They're like or some sort of like tempered glass. That, Holy shit! Right? Why is that there? Why is that entire? Well, why is why is goal line to goal line filled with temporary units in the stadium above the section that is essentially done? Why? There's there's, so, there's someone walking in front of it right now. Let's ask that guy. 
Can we can, hey! we can we can we get audio on this thing? <laughs> yeah. Is that Cerna? No, just kidding. <laughs> Let, just shoot Cerna a message right now and see if he'll answer and come on the pod. <laughs> uh, yeah, because those are those are clearly temporaries. You don't think those are just like the construction offices? Why would they put them in the stadium, even temporarily? Like they're already right. outside. They have the, you can see behind the stadium. You can still see those portables. There, yeah, there are some portables behind where the site where everything's going up oh dude i don't know it looks good man it looks good i can't wait well all right so media the we've been told that the camera angle will be the same as it's always been for tv right yeah so i know the cameras aren't going to go there but maybe that's where press box will be there Press that, is a, that is a temporary press box. Look at those. Okay. So I, I can see them putting media in there. I can't see them opening that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, small sections of stands for fans. So what, what are the other four buildings for next to it? I feel I, like they're, they're bathrooms. And they're bathrooms probably. Ba- bathrooms, I would guess. Unless there's – there, You, you don't need put, four bathrooms for seven I, media Jay, press my, boxes. We're going to be like 9-0 and oh at some point this season and all the media is going to be shitting out. their pants. They got to be close to a bathroom. Yeah. Herb Street shits his pants at Corvallis <laughs> and then unleashes a whole new era of beaver bias. Uh, we'll talk about that on the Peyton years coming uh, this November. Um, I mean, it, this, it, it, it looks better than I thought it would at this point. It looks it looks great. <laughs> it looks fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and good God, just that the view of the trees and the hills behind oh, it. I know. It makes me miss it. How can, how can you hate on Corvallis? Look at that you place. You can't. You're just dumb if you do. You You're are just dumb. dumb. Yeah. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. yeah. Um, whoever you were. Whoever. whoever. You were. <laughs> Someone's out there is probably making fun of it. Um, but yeah, we are a month away. From opening the season against Boise Shit. State, you're oh. listening to this on either August second, August third, sometime. Um, and dude, just I, I I know the Broncos are going to be good this year, and that's just going to be an intense first game. And there's a lot of expectations, but I'm feeling a month out. I'm feeling great about that game and about the whole season. I think yeah. we match up well with them. Uh, it's been great to see. Uh, all of uh, our players getting just the, the lots love, of love, yeah, the love, the love that they deserve. Um, we're talking, you know, uh, Omar Spates on the uh, Benaric watch list <laughs> for, for for the nation's uh, top top uh, defensive player. Uh, Jack Coletto on the Horning watch list for the nation's most versatile player. That's why this Jack Coletto love. It's not just a bit. He's just really good at football. Why even bother with the watch list, though? Just yeah, hand over the award. Just give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alex Austin um, was added to the Warful, uh, the Danny Werfel Award uh, watch list, um, which is for uh, – we talked a little bit about Alex's impact on the field last week um, with his all-baby selection, but also talked a little bit about his character off the field, and that's also what the Danny Werfel uh, trophy is for. Um, he, Alex is just doing amazing work. He's established, you know, number of scholarships to to help young students and uh, student athletes, um, and increase uh, accessibility and affordability. And so Alex is just an 
all around all star. We gotta get Alex on the pod at, yeah. at some point. Um and then, you know, eight guys recognized uh for different Pac twelve preseason uh all Pac twelve team uh nominations. Um and also a big thing too, like we've had people are worried about the uh offensive line like a little bit. Just because, like, I mean, I guess losing Eldridge and losing Kayabunum, but on on this list as well is, you know, it's Marco Brewer. It's, uh, you know, it's Luke Musgrave. It's Joshua Gray. Uh, we've got a just group of dudes coming back uh, in to hold down the front five. And I'm, you know, I'm working on a piece right now about how much I'm in love with BJ Baylor and the conflict of losing one of your favorite college <laughs> players and then him going to your least favorite team. Uh, but also – Is it the that, inverse that, of one of your least favorite college players going to your favorite professional team like Lil Michael James did for me? Oh, yeah, that did happen to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we it, have, it panned out exactly as I expected it to. The Vikings have Troy Die right now, who I've never been a fan of. Um, but we also currently have Sean Mannion and Blake Brandell, so that that, that helps. There we go. Um and the Niners gave Simonton like two shots as well. So, ooh, um, love you, yeah. Kid. That is, that is that is an interesting inverse. I think when you're a fan of, you know, certain. Uh, I guess you know, if, like if, if it, it doesn't necessarily need to be. We're but we are both uh, diehards of the institution we attended that weren't in the state that we grew up in, where the rest of our professional sports allegiances lie. So that's like that's kind of fun, um, but I'm not worried. About the running back room, Deshaun Fenwick, Doak Walker Award watch list, Trey Lowe, Trey Lowe is going to pop one. <laughs> that was a hashtag of, of, of our podcast previews last fall. And this, and Damian Martinez is already looks to be amazing. Um, and I think just a, a big reason to believe is because these – 17 and 18 year olds coming up in the class of 2023 are believing we've got a lot a lot of kids signing to be a part of this program and you can bet your ass that they're asking the questions about the future of this school uh with a a murky pac-12 future if they're not worried about it neither should you and i have questions but i'm I'm not going to worry and uh we picked up i think uh, a big Sort of a, a a really good sign is we picked up this kid Montreal Hatton. Yeah, He's like the fourth receiver for uh, 2023 who we just added from Carthage, Texas. Um, a few people have told me that high school football is a pretty big deal in Texas, um, and he he's the highest rated uh, commit in that class for us currently outside of Kelsey Howard, who is the highest rated defensive commit we've ever had. So <laughs> I know it, it's hard to sparse and recruiting ratings, whatever. We kind of never paid attention to them for a while or said they didn't have merit because we weren't getting highly, highly rated classes often. Um, this is a big deal. This is legit. And I, I think everything with the football t- program with class of 22, class of 23, all the coaches we have coming back, all of the uh, meaningful players we have coming back and getting a brand new, basically brand new stadium for 2024. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be in Portland at Providence Park, trying to go three and zero. Oh man, I can't wait! It's gonna be so fun. The season's gonna be such a good time. I agree, though. I feel like 
this upward trend in recruiting, like it, it plays exactly into what we think is happening with the program, regardless of outside perspectives. And it is that Jonathan Smith and co know what they're doing. They are recruiting the the right guys who want to be a part of this program that are going to be impact players quickly while also cultivating that trust, that familial bond that allows transfers to show and get their, get their shine and get their reps. I mean, like this is the perfect blend of everything we could ever have fathomed. Jonathan Smith, the, the thing he needs to bring is that bull victory. I mean, like we can't overlook that. Like that has to happen this year, but I do think trajectory wise, the, the the building blocks, the foundation is all in the right place. So you want a you want a bull victory this year? Is that what that that's what we're? Call, I'm call saying. I, I mean, I know we're getting one, but we he needs one. I think that's the next step for right. his building blocks to show nothing is going to slow down Jonathan Smith. No chatter about conference realignment. No chatter about Oregon State's this or that. Nothing will slow him down. That's what he has to prove, and I know he will, but that's that's on deck this season. What about two bowl wins? No, that's – I mean, I expect you know, that. You know how you can do that? I do. You, you pull a weehage. You make it to the college football playoff and you win. The you beat everyone 42 to 14 until you run home with a national well, championship. We are going to win the Cotton and or Orange Bowl 42 to 14. Uh, oh, wait, no, those are last year's bowls. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what, what, what? Peach Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Sugar. The Sugar is a. Uh, it's the Peach Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, I think, this year. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I will I think yeah we'll win the holiday bowl or something uh, or the Rose bowl or the national championship or all seven who cares um, of all these players who've been getting love we, we can't talk about everyone because uh, we you know we need to keep moving on but is there a player uh, either on these lists or uh, not on these lists um, that you are particularly excited to watch this season as we get closer, I love watching Jack Coletto. Like I, I mean, I'll, that's I think that's a that's an, an easy answer, but I'll say it anyways because I just love watching him. Because it, what's great about a player that comes in and does what everyone expects them to do on both sides of the ball, right? And and still executes like that is so fun, and like it just puts a smile on your face every time. Like you knew it was coming, you yeah. knew it was about to happen. Jack Coletto is involved. And you still couldn't stop it, and so I like. I'm excited to watch him, but that's not anything new. To be right. honest, what I what I think is new, but it's old and new, is I really want to watch Fenwick this year. Yep. I thought that Fenwick, when he was healthy last year, he looked like he could have easily been the uh, rivaling the number one. I mean, I think he could have done that if he had a little more time in the program. Now he does. Hopefully, he stays healthy. But I love the fact that there's a bit of throwing him under the radar, right? right. They've got Damien's coming in and Damien Martinez and like everyone's excited for him and I'm excited for him. And maybe their teams are overly preparing for a, a back like him to be the featured back. Right. I still see Deshaun Fenwick being 
that hard that one two punch and whether he's one or two or one and a half i think he's gonna right. be i uh, have a huge season a huge right. and season. smith is as close to the vest as any coach out there but he's not one of those people that just gives you coach speak and yeah. and and nothing quotes and he he perked up a little bit when talking about fenwick at yeah. uh, pac-12 media days he did mention uh, the competition that's that's within that group, uh, and he he meant I think the only uh, at least of the sound bites that I I watched I, th- I think I was able to watch most of all of his statements um, if not if not all of them but he mentioned Fenwick by name he mentioned Low by name and he mentioned Martinez by name yeah I mean that's easily the one two three right. that, e- that. easily that we're talking about he he perked up a little bit when talking about Fenwick and all the things that Fenwick did last year and. You know the the passing game caught on in places, and you had BJ leading the conference uh, in in yards. So of course, th- there was the the usage for Fenwick was like hardly existent, and he still did so much with that usage. So I've been saying it. I I love it when Fenwick gets the ball. I feel like good things happen when, whenever they do. We'll we'll see if that uh, that rate sustains itself. When he's when he's he's probably likely to get the most carries at the start of the season, but I was even uh, like I wouldn't have been surprised had he gotten the number one job last year. Yeah, and, that's what I mean. Honestly, though, I think they begin the season we might see him not be the 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 first back on the field in game one against Boise State, and I don't think that's a knock on the expectations right. for for Fenwick. I think that that is a chess move by Jonathan Smith. To right. say, one, let's keep motivating this guy. Because if you recall in spring ball, he did he did talk about Fenwick a bit during the spring game. Uh, but he, he he raved about Damian Martinez. He leaned on that. And yeah. then he he talked a bit about like yellows, you know, playing great and like but but he leaned on, on Damian and I think I think Jonathan Smith knows where to lay his praise at the right point at the right time and how that how to use it as a motivator. Right. Um, I don't think I don't think any of this is just like him blindly and dumbly talking about players. I think it's all it's all you know planned. Right. And the same the same I think can go with his comments at media day. I think he's I think he's trying to continue to motivate Fenwick to say like, hey, I think you know where you stand right now. I don't think it's where you want to be. Like I think you want to be the every single down back. You're the vet on the team. Right, you you're the, you've you're one of the guys who had the bulk of the carriers that's returning. You should theoretically be the guy who just ascends into that number one role and and takes the bulk of the carries. But that's not really how Lingren and, and Smith run their offenses either, as we know. Right. But you could use that as a motivator. You could say like you should be there. Right. And but I, and I wouldn't be surprised if early on there's a bit of misdirection that uh Oh, yeah. they take Damian out first. They make him seem like he's the featured back, right? And then they've got that's that helps carry over to Fresno and Montana and we, it's like oh shit, we got to prepare for this unknown freshman. And then Fenwick comes in every single game and you know, he gets the bulk of the carries right. and dominates if we want the season that we want to have we're going to need huge games from more than one running back and totally probably, probably more than two and that's yeah. where you know if if any of these three guys doesn't you know 
stepped their game up. And, uh, you know, Jamius Gr- Griffin from Georgia Tech is also right. <laughs> in, in, in the fold as well. If I had to name one player too, I think I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. And I'm going to say Isaac Hodgins. Uh, we've kind of been begging for uh, some dominance in the, uh, especially along the defensive line. I do think we're going to get it. That's kind of why I'm bullish and why I'm ex- I, I, Boise State's always, I know they had a down year last year, but always a good team. We've played them a lot and it's always been hard. So I, but I think we match up really well with them. And I think that, you know, that offensive line is where you can hurt them. And I, if I could just keep uh, naming other players, you know, it's like, like Andrew Chatfield, I would, I would say, obviously Omar Spates is getting a lot of love. Uh, I think, Ryan Frankie, Riley Sharp, uh, these guys who played last year could step up. But I think we really missed Hodgins last year, and we were yeah. kind of expecting to have him. And just that presence, the lack of that presence, I think, was felt in that just sort of dominant, uh, you know, bulldog in in the a lot in the trenches of of that three four that we run. So I'm really excited to see him back on the field. I hope that he's healthy. Um, I haven't heard the coaches talk about him much, uh, which could be good news or bad news, depending <laughs> yeah, on how you interpret it. It's kind of, some, sometimes you, they just never say anything, and it means the player is healthy. Other times they never say anything, and it's Addison Gums, and he, he never <laughs> plays for Oregon State again. So I, I'm hoping for the best, but, yeah, I'm really excited about uh, the of Isaac Hodgins. Um, and then also with uh, Beavers and the Pros news, um, we mentioned our, our beloved Victor Bolden getting USFL yeah. uh, finals championship game MVP honors. Uh, got picked up by the Arizona Cardinals, and he's been uh, in early in their training camp. He has been uh, splitting uh, kick return time, but pretty pretty evenly. So he's getting a, a look to be the number one kick returner and a deep uh, receiver on, on that uh, on that offense. So Shout out to Vic. He, he's earned his spot back. I, I was a big fan of the 49ers bringing him on like five years ago. I was really excited for him. And he had some flashes for a bit. He had, uh, you know, on the, on the special team side of the ball, like, you know, was, was definitely showcasing what we knew as Beaver fans. Uh, but in the NFL, got hurt, got suspended, and that was that was kind of it for him in the NFL at the time. Uh, I, I wish him the best. I don't want to see him in, in the NFC West <laughs> returning kicks against my Niners. But uh, <laughs> if he does it, good right. good on good on it's, you, Vic. It's so, it softens the blow, Jay. Yeah, it really does. Hey, also, do you see the news about Tegan? Team Toriano, yeah, they, uh, got active. He got activated today by the Texans. Yeah, I don't really know what that means. Other, than... I think that he's like <laughs> he could he could practice with the. Uh, I don't know why he, he wouldn't could, have been before. He could but... go full practice. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see any injury thing about him. I know, but I just saw the news. It was just like. But... Tegan has we have activated Tegan. We have activated Tegan Quatoriano, and there's yeah. a picture of Tegan, and then a bunch of my my all. Oh, I love Beaver Twitter so much. A bunch of just Beavs fans going fuck yeah. <laughs> We're we are right. We are ready for NFL training camp. <laughs> yes. Best of luck in Houston, Tegan. Um, here's here's my prediction for football season. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This isn't the prediction episode. This is not the prediction episode. This is a prediction. Okay. Tegan Quatoriano. Oh, this football. Okay. Is going to win someone a fantasy league title this year. No. You. <laughs> and I, but what I mean by that is he's going to 
he's going to like score the decisive touchdown like week seven week 17 now because there's 17 games so like 18 so like most championships are happening in week 17 depending oh on yeah 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 he'll be playing like sunday night football I, and i haven't looked at the texan schedule so i don't know if they're playing sunday night whatever but i have a feeling that he's gonna catch he's gonna come on late the bulk of his production will come after week 10 and he's just gonna have some like hilarious stupid tight end stat line where it's like four catches 44 yards two touchdowns and there is someone somewhere in like <laughs> 49 other states many of them have never considered Tegan Quatoriano before and they're going to have their fantasy season made by Quatoriano or fucking ruined by Quatoriano and it could make and break friendships Potentially in our own fantasy football league, JP. So just sure. when Tegan pops off in week 17. <laughs> I see it more like a week 18, though, because then there'll be no Monday night game. And it's like he's like that late afternoon Sunday game. There's no Sunday I night know, game. I know, but most leagues don't do what we do and have meaningful we- – It's stupid. Meaningless it's a, weeks. Yeah. Part it's, of, yeah a meaningful so. week of fantasy. <laughs> Anyway, are we are we good on football for this episode? I know there's always more, but we can kick some of yeah. this next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta talk. We gotta talk a little basketball because guess who got their tickets to the PK 385? We did. Thanksgiving Day, Oregon State Duke at we think Moda Center, maybe Memorial Coliseum, definitely in Portland. Shout out Funky Paul Molina and his girlfriend Katie for securing that uh, yeah, pre-sale. Wait, are, are they coming too? Yeah, hell yeah, dope. And um, yeah, keep uh, so get those tickets if you haven't yet. But also make sure you save a little bit of money for this uh, home field drop because there's gonna be <laughs> yeah. a, a couple, a couple. A couple of relevant items yeah, that you're gonna um, want to wear to. Uh, yeah. How do I wear like four different shirts to one game? I have too many shirts. I'm gonna have too many shirts that are perfect for this game against Duke. You like that guy who like has like the, every single like Kobe Bryant jersey and he just like takes <laughs> off like a jersey at a time and it's just like over right. and over again. Or like a LeBron jersey. Like what is does, it? What was he? Does, I've, does I he forget. do that for luck at any point or just to show? No, I think uh, he just like owns like every variation right. of every single. But how does he decide when he like takes them off? Is it just like is he at the game and be like, oh, he's not playing well? I'm gonna shed one layer and see. Ah, uh, I don't know. I feel like he just did it for the video, but yeah. I I think for you, no one's got their cam- the cameras on you, Terry. Sorry, you can I, just do it like dude, every every. Hey, uh, first I don't of all, know, time out. <laughs> fuck you. All right, we've got like two sponsors right now, and it's August first. This will be Thanksgiving. We're we're gonna have our own ESPN feed focused on us. Watch watch the get watch the PK three hundred eighty five on ESPN Plus for live reactions from the Bebe's. To ESPN Plus Plus reaction. ESPN ESPN Plus Plus ESPN DC Plus Plus. <laughs> Downloaded. I, I you're a dorm any dorm near you. Desperately and drunkenly entering the child center right at tip off, trying to get to the uh, women's game. General admission tickets. <laughs> I am excited. Um, I'm kind of I, I was kind of hoping the rest of our non-conference would be announced by this point. Uh, at this t- point on Monday night, it's not. Uh, I did see Texas A&M release theirs, so I know we play at Texas A&M on December 11th. Um, but other than that, 
the rest of the men's basketball schedule is a mystery to to all of us. But what's not a mystery is we will be at the PK 385. We will be in Portland, and we're trying to organize a, a meetup of sorts uh, on that Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving, because that's usually a low-key chill night when no one's at the <laughs> bars or going out, right? Yes. So we'll, we'll be out here. Um, and that also, we should mention in football, we'll be – uh, as as early as Thursday, September fifteenth, we'll be trying to organize at least just some you know bar hangouts um, uh, ahead of the Montana State game for football as well. So just want to try and take advantage of this time when we're all in Portland to try and meet as many uh, of the Beaver fam as as we can because we love you guys and we appreciate you holding us down. But uh, this week, this week in November, is gonna be a week. And hope with a week with hopefully some good basketball and good basketball results in it as well, and then everyone's invited to <laughs> hopefully you won't almost cut your thumb off this year. I was just thinking that today, dude. I literally thought of this today because my kid asked me if I still <laughs> really random. My kid asked me if I still had Ninja Stars. I do, and I was I, long story. <laughs> so I was showing him. I was. I have no idea how to throw them, to be honest. I've never thrown one, any, anything. It's the 57th episode of this podcast where we primarily talk about dumb shit we do. You own Ninja Stars, and this has never been brought up. <laughs> Even though last year you almost sliced your thumb off without Ninja Stars. Have we talked about this? No, no, I don't think so. Though I, I have them. I'll show you. I'll show you uh, next month. I but can't wait to see your Ninja Stars. That's not cool. a euphemism, but it could be. No, they're cool. They're throwing stars. They're throwing stars. Let's be incorrect here. They're throwing stars uh, or throwing blades or something. Um, bought them when I lived in San Francisco. It was like a back back counter deal at a store. I'm like, hey, I heard you guys got throwing stars, right? And they're like, mm, they just kind of nod. <laughs> you had to this at some point. Uh, maybe. This, this was like seven years ago then. Yeah, at least. Yeah, you're, you're you're not at buying throwing stars age anymore. This is so <laughs> you buying them before you had kids is making I'm me. I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I had it before Ev. Maybe maybe <laughs> when he was one or like not one. Like probably maybe. not that same day that he showed up. But no. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we're leaving the hospital, babe. Glad you're feeling okay. I gotta make a stop real quick. <laughs> yeah, if you pull over here, uh, Grant, pull over this back counter in North Beach. <laughs> But like uh, he's always known about them, and he'll always—I don't—I don't know if I like instilled in him that they're like illegal or something. But he'll always like, cause Dad, you have those, you know, ninja stars. Cause he watches Ninja Turtles, so he—they have got like throwing stars and stuff, sure. right? And so he like winks at me and like makes this whole makes it a big thing. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got them. I they're they're in a safe spot. If you want to see them again, I'll show you them. And. Uh, today actually like i was like saying how he's like do you still have them i was like yeah why he's like do you know how to throw them i was like yeah so i like pretended like whoosh, 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 you know like did different like arm motions to make it seem like i was fake throwing ninja stars and then uh he, his face was like wow i'm so impressed that you could make those motions and i was like you gotta be <laughs> real careful then because those things will cut your fingers off and he was like like you cut your finger off on thanksgiving i was like Damn it! Yes! Yeah. Like you did, Dad? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Well, I didn't cut them with a Ninja Star. I cut them with a uh, potato right? guillotine. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
They mail well, in. Well, good thing that you'll be uh, making Thanksgiving dinner after tr- <laughs> drinking through an or- <laughs> a historical Oregon State versus Duke men's basketball game. Uh, they'll serve beer at this thing, right? Probably. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, they don't serve beer at Gill, so it's... A, it's a like, Moda. I understand that, and it's different, but still. Um, we'll get ours, Terry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I am not worried about a lack of alcohol on this trip. Uh, I'm worried about the opposite. The exact opposite. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, we mentioned a little bit earlier... Uh, fall sports schedules are, are pretty much all released, um, especially for your uh, dope-ass men's and women's soccer um, teams, the reigning Pac-12 champions uh, on the men's side, hoping to uh, make a run at a, a championship again this year. Their schedule just got released. And or one, osubeavers.com. New look and feel. Yeah, it looks great. I'm I'm feeling it. Um, I think the first official game uh, of this season is UC Davis, August 25th. But they do have a few other games before that. Only they play Corbin in Corvallis on August 12th. Again, this is the men's uh, soccer team. Terry Boss's side. Uh, the, Terry Terry the main boss. The the better Terry. Um, <laughs> They, they, the, the games aren't noted on, on here as if they're preseason or, or not. But I, so August 25th is in, in, per the release, I think is the first official regular season game. They play UC Davis that night. That's a going to be a beautiful Thursday night in Corvallis against um, UC Davis. So get on out. And uh, I know there that's probably like a week or no, like a month before uh, classes start. Uh, but it's never too early to start a frenzy at Paul Lorenzi. So never <laughs> get your ass out there. Um, and uh, also happening this Saturday. This Saturday, we've mentioned it's a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal for what, JP? What what the launch of our home field collection or Oregon? Oh. I say I say our uh, we we didn't do anything for it. It's just Oregon State's uh, collection. Ours. This um, we're collectively part of this collection. Yes, this we Saturday collect- we're, we're collect- but also this Saturday, uh, the women's soccer is playing Trinity Western uh, in Corvallis as well. I believe that is the first exhibition. Exhibition, yeah. Followed by an exhibition. They had media yeah. day today, by the way. They did, and it looked sick. <laughs> yes, it the looked real sick. Dope. Shout out Amy Sinicola, who yes. we can't give enough shout outs to. Well. Uh, we can, we can. I know. Amy mentioned she wasn't uh, Alba Bay's, but she's for sure in Alba Bay's uh, special AD selection. And let's yeah, let's remember she is already a Bay Bay's Hall of Famer, right? The Cinecolas are yeah, both Bay Bay's Hall of Famers. So they have locked they've locked oh, themselves oh. in in the all time right. great echelon of Bay Bay's Hall of Fame status. Right. They're almost the the goats in the Bay Bay's universe. Yeah, I agree. Though, if we had to say, yeah, this is uh, unanimous, unanimous first team, all bebes AD, Amy Sinicola. Amy Sinicola. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see more of the content that was captured on, uh, on this day because the, the videos, and I've always loved Oregon State's video game, but just n- never not leveling up. So yeah. I'm but excited. This was, this, was a, this was a leap man it looked it looked dope it really did that backdrop was sick yeah um so if you are 
in the Corvallis area. And if you're not in the Corvallis area, get your fucking life together. I say that directed to myself. Um, get to get get to Paul Lorenz Field. What yeah. what else are you doing? There's there's shade. I I know it's a heat wave. It's presumably. done, man. It's done. It's it's fall. It's <laughs> get, get your pumpkin spice lattes. Pumpkin spice latte and your corduroy Chopham hat. Um, we need to make a belligerent finals, JP. Now that <laughs> seam headed and home field is like making all this like dope shit around us, we need to n- not forget that we sell merch too. Um, but anyway, new that's, merch coming. New merch coming. That's a pr- that's a problem for future JP and future Terry. <laughs> um, well, yeah, belligerent beeves flannel coming soon. It'll it'll be seventy eight dollars and the heaviest fucking material possible. It'll be. It'll work eight days out of the year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, get to Paula Renz. Yeah, Renz and women's soccer. Both teams are gonna be so fucking good this year. These squads they got coming back. Just camp out there, man. Just wait for yeah. the next game. Just live. Just live there. Just vibe. Just. I just love vibe. that. Wait. That's sick. They're gonna be so good. You gotta be excited for that. I don't know when I can make it to games, though. This is, we don't need to have this conversation on the podcast. But that Montana State weekend's not great, and the regular season's over by... There could, there could theoretically be, like, a playoff soccer game at noon on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> and, then, and then we have to go to the Civil War game at Reeser, like, three hours. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in, too. I'm just... I'm gonna start you drinking. can do it. I'm gonna start drinking coconut water now to to prepare. <laughs> God, you wimp. You know. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one who flaked on recording this fucking podcast after a weekend with friends. All right. So <laughs> I know there's all there's all, there's some super secret Photoshop going around to the group chats right now. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. This is very secretive stuff. Yeah. Maybe maybe in the uh, Patreon. We miss you, Benny. Yeah, we'll we'll release that in the Patreon. But anyway, I think it is time for us to get out of here again. R.I.P. Bill Russell. You you can't you can't say enough about the man, the myth, the legend. Um, just one of the best to to ever do it. And by I don't just mean basketball. I just mean uh, personing on on this planet. So. RIP Bill Russell and yeah. and cheers to you, my dude. Um, get out to Corvallis, support men's and women's soccer. Get your men's and women's basketball PK three hundred eighty five tickets. Will be uh, general admission for that game at the Child Center women's basketball against Iowa. Uh, let us know where you're planning to sit. We'd lo- we'd love to find you, meet up with you, and we're somewhere in the building, whatever building it, <laughs> it is for that game against uh, men's basketball against Duke. We'll be there. Uh, shout out to uh, the football team and all of the hardworking men and women who are helping to raise research and make it the crown jewel of college football stadiums for the Harvard of the Pac-12 in the Paris of the Pacific Northwest, Oregon State University, and Corvallis, Oregon. Thank you. For hanging out with us for another episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. Shout out Homefield. Thanks for hitting us up. Yeah. Thanks for making this collection. I'm just going to dream about shirts and crewnecks for the rest of the week until I can actually get my hands on them. Uh, so excited. Remember, Belligerent Beefs, all one word. And we th- 
I, I don't think it's case sensitive, but do all caps just in case. Just do it. Just we're, to let them know. It's in all caps because we're yelling. We right. need to do. They need to know who sent you, and it was us. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in uh, to this, the 57th episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. For Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, at BennyL1986 on your social media channels, uh, I am Terry Horstman, at Terry Horstman on Twitter, at Terrence Horstman on the Instagram, uh, and as always, J.P. Bertram at the Treal J, the underscore Treal underscore J on Twitter. He's too Treal to be real, and at J.P. Bertram on Instagram. And follow us mm, at Belige Beeves on Twitter, at Belligerent Beeves on Instagram. Please. Or if you're French, it's Belige Beeves. Belige, ooh. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like what that just did to me. Uh, well, anyway. We're still recording. Um, please follow, subscribe, rate, review, five stars, Apple and Spotify. Um, we're, our, our anti-troll job is helping on Spotify, but we need a few more five-star reviews for us to feel fully good about ourselves. So go to Spotify, hit five stars, rate, go to Apple, rate five stars, please. and leave a review if you'd like to. Um, name whatever your favorite recurring bit on the show is, uh, if that is none of them please talk fucking football for once uh that that's an acceptable answer as long as it has five stars on top of it so yeah. you can even say that terry's that. your favorite like everyone does hey i'm the one recruiting out here baby uh, <laughs> just kidding i haven't asked anyone to do that at all that's just a thing that's just a weird a weird coincidence i'm not sure who did it <laughs> You can say Terry's my least favorite as long as you put five stars. Yeah, do that. And if Benny's your favorite, then for sure say that because yes. he, he needs to pick me up right now with uh, how he's on like hour 24 of a hangover at this point. Some guys just can't handle Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again um, for being here. And also remember... Uh, beyond all the bullshit and everything else that no matter what you do no matter how hard you try you cannot spell chop them without hope chop them beaver fam chop them and bring back bernice baby